My message to you today can be outlined with three words. Who, what, and why. First, who. Who is the woman we honor today? Well, very simply, she is the one who is where we someday hope to be. And who is there, body and soul. If our deceased relatives are with the Lord right now in his kingdom, and hopefully they are, they are there in soul only. Hopefully we are clear about that. According to Catholic teaching, physical death separates our bodies and our souls until the end of time. Immediately after physical death, we are judged, and then our souls go either to heaven or to hell or to purgatory. They go to purgatory if they need final purification before entering God's eternal presence. Only at the end of the world will our bodies be raised up and reunited with our souls. Then we will go, body and soul, to one of two places, heaven or hell. Purgatory will cease to exist. It won't be necessary. There will be no more souls that need to pass through it. The dogma of the Assumption says that for Mary, this has already taken place. At the end of her earthly life, she was assumed into heaven's soul and body. That's why the preface of this Mass says this. Today, the Virgin Mother of God was taken up into heaven to be the beginning and the pattern of the Church in its perfection. In other words, she is where every member of the Church hopes someday to be, and she is there as a complete person, soul and body. That's the who of the Assumption. Now for the what. The what I want to focus on this evening is our personal devotion to the Blessed Mother. As Catholics, we do not worship Mary. Some think we do, we do not. She was a human person like we are. However, we do honor her. And as such, we seek her prayers, her intercession for all of our needs. The Bible tells us in James chapter 5 that the prayers of a holy person are powerful. They can obtain for us many favors from the Lord. Well, our Blessed Mother was the holiest human person who ever lived. Jesus, remember, was a divine person. He's in a separate category. And because she was the holiest human person who ever lived, her prayers are most important, and her prayers are most powerful. Which brings us finally to the why. Why should we pray to this woman? And why should we pray to her every single day of our lives without exception? Well, I just gave you one very good reason, because of Mary's holiness.
But there's another reason that needs to be mentioned today. In light of what's going on in the world right now, in Israel and Lebanon, in the midst of that mess, in Iraq, in the Sudan, in countless other places on the globe, and in light of what happened here in the United States on September the 11th, 2001. We need to seek Mary's prayers because I think that she, by the grace of God, can help to end this so-called clash of civilizations that we're now experiencing. That's what some have called it, a clash of civilizations. And that's a very good descriptive term. That's what it is. We need to seek her prayers because she, and perhaps only she, can help to bring God's peace into this situation of conflict and hatred. And you know what? She's done it before. She has done it before. Mary has. With respect to the Cold War. I believe that very strongly, and so do many, many other people. Thirty years ago, those of you who can remember back that far, thirty years ago, how many people believed that the Cold War would end, that the Berlin Wall would be torn down, and the Soviet Union would cease to exist. How many people believed that that would happen without a major military conflict? Very few believed it would happen that way. But it did. And even secular historians, historians who have nothing whatsoever to do with the church, admit that one of the major players if not the major player in this peaceful collapse of the Soviet bloc was Pope John Paul II. And many of them maintain that the collapse began in June of 1979 when the Pope went to visit his native country of Poland for the very first time. Do you remember, those of you who are old enough, do you remember the news footage? of the Polish communist leader, General Jaruzelski, shaking in his boots, visibly quivering on camera in the presence of the Holy Father. Historians tell us that that papal visit sent shockwaves throughout the communist world and ignited what some have called a revolution of conscience among the people. Because for the very first time, somebody had publicly defied and confronted a communist leader on his own turf. And he lived to talk about it. Not coincidentally, of course, Pope John Paul II was intensely, intensely devoted to Mary. So much so that he took as his papal motto, totus tuus, meaning totally yours. There are some people who think that that papal motto was a direct reference to Jesus Christ. 
But it wasn't. That was a reference to Mary. The Pope was saying, I'm totally yours, Mary. I am totally committed to Jesus Christ through you. At Fatima in 1917, the Blessed Mother appeared and she told the world to pray the rosary for the conversion of Russia. I and many others believe that God combined the grace from all of those rosaries that were said for more than 70 years and all the grace from the masses that were said during that time. He combined all of that with the actions of a Pope intensely devoted to the Blessed Mother. And he used it all to put an end to an oppressive, godless form of government in Eastern Europe. A form of government that was responsible for the deaths, the murders of millions of people in the 20th century. So it's happened before with respect to radical communism. And by the grace of God and by Mary's powerful intercession, it can happen again with respect to radical Islam. I'm convinced of that, especially because Muslims traditionally have had a reverence for the Blessed Mother. A reverence the communists never had. By the way, did you know that? Did you know that Muslims have a high, profound regard for Mary? Many Christians don't. They're totally unaware of this. She's mentioned over 30 times in the Quran, the holy book of Islam. No other woman is mentioned even once. There in the Quran, she's described as virgin ever-virgin. Imagine that. Isn't that ironic? The very doctrine that some liberal Christians, some liberal Catholics reject the perpetual virginity of Mary. They say, oh, Mary wasn't a virgin for all of her life. Christians reject that doctrine, many. That's accepted by Muslims. They believe she was virgin ever-virgin. Concerning his daughter, Fatima, Muhammad, the founder of Islam, once said, she has the highest place in heaven after the Virgin Mary. Mary's prayers affected atheistic communists who repudiated her. So why shouldn't Mary's prayers affect believing Muslims who already respect her deeply? And here's an interesting fact. In 1917, Mary chose to appear to three children in a place that was named after a Muslim convert to the Catholic faith. A woman who at birth had been named after Muhammad's daughter. And because of that, you know, many Muslims today make pilgrimages to Fatima. We Catholics aren't the only ones who go there. They go to that shrine. This means that as we speak, Mary is already bringing Christians and Muslims together in peace. 
She can do it. Mary can do it. But it's not magic. We need to do our part. We need to pray to her in order for it to happen. God can bring peace through the mother of his son. And I believe he wants to. But he will only do it if we turn to him in faith through Mary. And if we do it perseveringly. So here's the bottom line. And I will end with this most important thought. If you want to contribute in a concrete way, in a practical way, to world peace, resolve to say the rosary every single day for that intention from now on, as well as for all your personal intentions. Or at least, if you can't make that commitment, at least resolve to say one decade in the morning when you get up, maybe on your way to work, for heaven's sake, keep the radio off for five minutes. Do this. The future of humanity on this planet is at stake. And then at least say one decade before you go to bed. One in the morning, one at night. At least. And please, please, I beg you tonight, get serious about it. Don't just say you'll do it. Do it. And don't ever stop. Even after peace comes.